1: Sometimes longer isn't better. So if you're looking for a fantasy NFL game that doesn't last all season, try Paddy Power Fantasy. Every game week is a season in itself. Try it for free on our super short, super free contest on this Sunday's 6pm games. The top
0: 1,500 customers in the contest win a prize with £200 for first place. Search Paddy Power Fantasy to pick your team. Hello and welcome to the Natcombe Show presented by Paddy Power Fantasy. Good to have you with us as we get set for week 14 in the NFL and some absolutely cracking matchups, including the Saints 49ers, the Bills Ravens, the Chiefs Patriots. How about the Rams Seahawks? What a weekend. We have lined up a Mark Hunter Olympic gold medalist. And a 49ers fan as well. Making his debut at ESPN HQ. We'll check in with him very, very shortly. Get into all of that. We'll talk about coaches on the hot seat. Look back at Thursday Night Football as well. Speaking of coaches on the hot seat. Jason Garrett and the Cowboys losing again. All of that coming your way very, very shortly. Just a quick shout out for our listener league this weekend. Daily Fantasy League. Which is free to enter over on the Paddy Power Fantasy site. Lots of cash prizes. Go head to head with me and the OG get involved uh sunday games free to enter uh head to fantasy.paddypower.com forward slash league forward slash nat coombs show we'll push that link out across all our social media channels as well speaking of the og we're back on saturday with our daily fantasy show so make sure you drop uh, that one to get all your daily fantasy stylings ready for the big competition but we're going to concentrate our attention on week 14 and check in with the great mark hunter Mark Hunter, welcome to ESPN HQ. Mate, loving the new studio. I, I it's very that It's been this long to make, for you to make your season debut, because you're a long-time collaborator, aren't you?
1: Yeah, mate, I've I always enjoyed coming on with you and hanging out and just chatting about the games, and yeah, I've kind of missed you.
0: We skirt over <laughs> at West Ham, our, our shared love for West Ham. Painful, love. It's, Painful worse, love. it's getting worse. It's <laughs> not better. But unlike your 49ers, and much like Tom Deacon... Did last week, you were breaking out a seasonal 49ers jumper. Well, Tom set the tone last week. Yes, So he I did. thought,
1: you know, it's December. I've got to follow it up with Mayan. So it's, I think the Niners are taking over your show this month by the look of it. Did you decide
0: that yourself? Well, you know, I'm quite creative. <laughs> if you can't, if you're, I'm sure our listeners are picturing this, but if you can't quite work it all out, head on over to the ESPN UK. YouTube channel because we're going to be dropping some videos on there and on our social media channels at the NC show as well. We're going to preview all the big games this weekend. The Niners have got eh, a reasonably significant game. I think it's going to be a walk in the park. I can't believe you are this confident. Man. I just, I don't understand why we think it's going to be close or the Saints are going to win. I just think we're going to steamroll them. My God. Well, we'll get into that in a bit. I want to hear your ra- your rationale for that outside of crazy fanboy partisan <laughs> arguments. So I want to hear some logical reasons why okay. the Saints aren't even going to come close to the 49ers. There are some cracking games this weekend. You're quite keen on the Bills Ravens as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, to me, that's probably the game of the weekend, I think that the Ravens obviously had a massive pounding with the 49ers last weekend. They won, which was great. Obviously disappointed as a Niner fan but the Bills have obviously had the extra few days rest because they played on Thanksgiving they made uh, the Cowboys look very um I don't know like a high school team that's what I re- referred that to Josh Allen that's also. not a hard thing to do well obviously case. it's not hard it's not which is great to see that happening with many teams <laughs> beating them but I think with the extra rest being at home the Ravens hadn't had a tough game like that all season yeah so it's gonna be really interesting to see how they come back from that obviously they're riding on confidence at the moment. They've won the last eight. So for a lot. they need to fall
0: before the playoffs. Yeah, Because if you go in that hot for that long, yeah, history tells you it's not going to keep going. This is what Bill Belichick will tell you. The Patriots have a big game this weekend as well against the Chiefs. And the crazy thing here is if they lose that game and the Bills beat the Ravens, the Bills are the number one seed in the AFC. Which who would have saw that this time last year? You probably read my column at the very start of the season, before week one of the season. Might have just picked the Bills as a sleeper pick for this, Ooh. for this year. The other sleeper pick, the New York Giants. <laughs> so yeah. wow. so you win some, you lose some. I don't know where you were getting that one from. Oh, neither do I <laughs> I look back on that with regret, but hey, I can hang on to the Bills. So just skate over that as we do with West Ham and just talk about my, the Bills love. So we'll get into all of that in a bit. We're going to talk, uh, coaches on the hot seat as well, uh, because Jason Garrett after uh, that d- defeat, again, I, th- I think it was already inevitable he was going to go. But we'll work out who else might be a goner with him. But let's start with the game last night. And in particular, let's concentrate on Mitch Trubisky and give him a bit of credit. Because Mitch Trubisky has been one of the whipping boys of the season so far. There's no doubt about it. Bears fans have pinned all of the disappointment of the season on Trubisky's shoulders. There are thereabouts. Neutrals all around the NFL. Observers watching it have been saying... They reached up for him. They thought he was going to be the franchise quarterback. He hasn't lived up to the hype. They might even need to move on from Mitch Trubisky next season. Mark, is he doing enough to arrest that slide? Based on the last couple of weeks, do you you see hope for the Trubisky faithful? I think it's really difficult when you're not consistent.
1: If he was consistently, you know, mediocre or good, but it's just it's such a roller coaster. That's the problem. Moment, and when you're you know, when you're meant to be the face or the leader. And if you don't have that consistency play every week, it's very hard for people to kind of follow you and believe in you. And I think that's the problem at the moment. He blows hot and cold. And- has
0: he got enough pieces around him? I mean, if you think about <clears throat> combined with injuries uh, and I guess a, a lack, look at the, the strength and depth of this uh, receiving unit, which is emerging now, of mm. course. You know, Alan Robinson, sneaky good, uh, and I think underrated. Anthony Miller has come through as, as a real talent. But when you think Trey Burton... He's been out for, you know, he's out for the season. Uh, players like Tariq Cohen haven't lived up to their billing. I'm not sure he's got enough weapons around him. But then again, you
1: look at some of the other quarterbacks in the league who don't have those weapons and they're still able to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you, you kind of feel sorry for him because there is so much hype. And when you're the quarterback and you're a young quarterback, everything's placed on your shoulders. Um, and when you don't really have any, you know, obviously on the defense of Khal- Khalid Mack, which is, he's a leader, I don't think the Bears have that on offense when you Mm. think about it. And he's not mature enough, I don't think, to be
0: that individual. Do you need that? Because people talk about this a lot with quarterbacks, that outside of productivity, obviously, and and capability on the field, they need to add another dimension, which is typically the kind of leadership people identify is strong, outspoken, completely in command. And there are exceptions to this rule. If you think about the type of leader Eli Manning was, right? you talk to... You know, I, we've both spoken to, to giants that played on those Super Bowl winning teams. And they said, look, Eli was a much more relaxed character, much less gregarious than some other uh, p- contemporaries of his. But it doesn't mean he was any less commanding. We still bought into it. We just had different demeanor. So do you think sometimes that can get a little bit carried away? Because Trubisky isn't uh, a bad example because he's not exactly playing great. But Baker Mayfield is all about the moxies, all about we're going to rah, 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 we're going to win this. There is a sense that Trubisky is not that kind of character. It works against him.
1: Yeah, and I think you don't, and the hard thing is if you try and be something you're not, Mm. and you know, and there's different leadership types, there's no one way of being a leader of a team or organization, whatever it is. And it's, it's trying to find his leadership style and then others bind into it. Mm. And maybe that's the thing that's taking time is maybe he doesn't have his leadership style yet, Mm. but is he, is he going to be given the time to actually put that in place and learn what that is to lead that team? you know, obviously last night was a big win. It puts them back in contention. Okay. Yeah. It's a tough division and they're going to really have to win the last couple of games. Packers
0: are out by coming up. So that can...
1: yeah. And no, I think the Packers, it's going to be really interesting. They've got those two back to back weekends against mm. the Bears and Vikings. Mm. You know, when they played the Niners the other week, they look pretty. I've never seen Aaron Rodgers look so average. It was amazing to watch.
0: Hunter, hot take: the Packers missed the playoffs. Right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> We're not going to say that,
1: but, it's, but the thing is, with Aaron Rodgers, if you go to if you compare the two of those, oh, yeah. if you come down to that game, you know that he would deliver to yeah. win it, and Tristic. that's different. Coin
0: flip if he's going to be yeah. on the song. Well, let's talk about that because you can offer insight into this that most of us mere mortals can't. I'm sure the majority of our our listeners and viewers watching on YouTube uh, will know an Olympic gold medalist, right? So when it comes to performing at the highest level and keeping your mind-focused, irrespective of what's going on around you, you uh, are the poster boy for that. So what advice would you give to Trubisky, who's gone through a difficult season, the media is everywhere, slagging him off, the fans are not behind him. Apparently he's quite sensitive about that anyway, if reports are to be believed. He's asking for TVs to be turned off in the organisation, where they might be talking about him and the talking heads and everything else. So how do you get around that as an athlete? I think
1: obviously with the, with the sport they're in, there's nowhere to hide. Like being an Olympian, you pop up for the Olympic Games and you kind of do your job. With a sport like the NFL, every every day you're in the media. You can't avoid it. If you have a bad game, you live with that for seven days. It's pretty much hell by the sound of it. The problem you've got is once you start asking for things not to be like that, that becomes a way for people to attack you. It's just going to antagonize exactly. People. And, and maybe he needs to sit down with like a mature quarterback or a person to really. Get him to understand about his values and what he's looking to achieve. They need to
0: get Jim McMahon in the facility. It
1: it could be, yeah. It could be a completely different character or a different type of leader that can actually speak to him and say, you don't have to be like me, Mm. but what is your leadership type? How are you going to lead this team from being seven and six to maybe making the playoffs Mm. or actually keeping your job next year? Mm. And if that's not a motivator to keep your job,
0: I don't know what is. Does he keep his job next year? Is he the starting quarterback for the Bears next year?
1: I I, I think it'd be really tough for them to kind of bin in now. I, I don't think, I, I personally don't think that's going to happen. They've invested too much in it. They've invested in him. They've seen some glimpses. Maybe there's some, you know, moving parts that need to be better around him potentially. Um and to be honest, you know, like anything, we, we try to work out what's going on in the locker room and change room and that sort of thing. But unless you're in there or that fly on the wall, you don't actually know what's going on. And is he being able to lead the way he wants? And that's another thing. We just assume he's trying to but he might not be given that power to do that. So it's always, if you're in there, you'll probably understand a lot more, but I just think he needs
0: to work out what his leadership style is like, and then he can go forward. Okay. So Trubisky, we think is going to be in a job next year. Let's talk about people that might not be in a job next year in the NFL. Three coaches that are on the hottest of hot seats that we think are going to be out of a gig by the end of the season. Ron Rivera, of course, the latest casualty thrown out uh mid-season, which, which is always quite a harsh thing, I think. And Tepper, uh, the Panthers owner, said it's so we can take advantage of the situation in our competitors and look at his background, a hedge fund guy, of course. He's always looking at the angles and he thinks, well, we, we know we're going to do this. We might as well do the do this now so we can have an edge on other teams that could be looking for a new head coach.
1: And I, I think that's quite smart. You know, Ron's been there a long time. He's been very successful. You know, obviously they lost Cam early on in the season, so that hasn't really helped them. Carl Allen's been a bit hit and miss like, you know, you got McCaffrey who is, you know, when he came to the NFL, I was like, is this guy going to be legit? And he is phenomenal. It's amazing to watch what that guy can do. Um, And with Ron, I I can see what the owner's doing. When you watch the All-or-Nothing show, you've got a sense of him as a person. He wants to be embedded in the team as an owner. He doesn't just want to be an owner telling people what to do. So I'm sure this didn't come as a kind of rash decision. He's kind of probably thought about it's quite hard. It's a couple of years, isn't it? So he
0: sat and watched and and he said, I I wanted to make my mind up. And there was a lot of discussion this was going to happen. And there's been a lot of discussion of other coaches for quite a lot of the season, either because they... Seemingly come to the end of the road, like Dan Quinn in Atlanta, just seems to have uh, disappointed you. When you consider they were that close to winning a Super Bowl a few years back, seems to have come to the but end. Then you of the look road at there. all
1: the all the talent he's lost as well. That's the thing. Like it's, and I, I suppose they have never got over that loss at the Super Bowl. No, I, think don't think I don't like, think they that have. I don't. That was they were one play away from the game being done, mm. and then all of a sudden it just flipped on its head, and the Patriots just went wild. I mean, and I don't know how you come back from that because it was there for the taking. I
0: but, was at the game and I still three, four years on, whatever it is, can't believe it, what I saw. I can't believe what I saw. Uh, I think it,
1: from my memory goes, it was a play when Matt Ryan got sacked and they got out of field goal range. Was yes, that? Yeah. That, that yeah, yeah, was yeah. the one. That was a turning point. If it had just gone for the field goal, yeah. it would have been fine, but they,
0: it was that moxie that got them there in the yeah. first place. So it's a difficult one to, to
1: criticize, but. And then they lost Carl Shanahan. Obviously yeah. he's, he's left of oh, Tevin Coleman's at the 49ers now. Yeah. So there's. A few component parts that they've lost there and, you know, they haven't been able to replace them as
0: well. That's happened to some degree. The Eagles as well. uh, Doug Peterson uh, kind of outside rumblings that he might be gone, but probably he'll get at least another year. But the the changing coaching personnel as a result of their Super Bowl success has had an effect. So there are a number of coaches bubbling under Matt Patricia. We talked about on the show uh, quite recently could be, could be done after two seasons in Detroit, but there seem to be three or four that. Are leading the field, if that's not a complete contradiction in terms to 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 be out of a job. So our top three, number three, Doug Marone, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now Marone has had opportunity. We talk about the Atlanta Falcons coming that close to the Super Bowl. It was only a couple of years ago that they Jack, were that close to yeah. getting to the Super Bowl. Of course, in the AFC Championship game and. For a long time, the criticism was on the shoulders of Blake Bortles, right? Or the the fault was at the feet of Blake Bortles. He wasn't good enough. The defense was, he was holding them back. They invested heavily in him. That was the wrong move. And it feels like they've missed that window now the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Marone is going to be a casualty as a result of that. And
1: I think that's the thing. You miss your window. Mm. And... You've got to wait another five to 10 years potentially till that comes around again. Right. Um, and I think it's probably ears it time to change for them. They got close. It hasn't gone well for the last couple of years. It's probably time for a change. It's a good time to change now.
0: Um, Do you know what I think with, with Marone and the Jags, it's difficult because of the Tom Coughlin aspect. So Coughlin in there, yeah. in an upstairs role, here's a guy that's won two Super Bowls was by all accounts, an authoritarian, no nonsense head coach. And whatever he says about it's not my team, it's Doug's. I'm just here to guide. I'm just here to be involved. You've got the specter of this, one of the most successful coaches in the history of the NFL looming over you. That's got to play on your mind.
1: And that's, that's probably really tough as a coach when you haven't won anything. Right. You've got someone, as you said, sitting above you who has achieved those things or those rings with giants and every meeting he has, he's yeah, wearing his rings. Exactly. And, it, <laughs> and you can't <laughs> avoid box that. And that must eat away at you internally yeah. because they are going to be looking at it, but, you know I would never have done it like that. When it's you want to flex? Those.
0: Do you just wheel out the, the, the gold medal? <laughs> no, me just don't. have it just in in eye <laughs> in the eye line of someone. Just no, it's, it's just a draw now. Idea. It's just a draw
1: now. Yeah, <laughs> I, my, my I look at it as an athlete. You're like you feel like kind of a superhero. And once you become retired, you lose your kind of cape and that sort of stuff. You become <laughs> normal.
0: That <laughs> when you're negotiating fees with builders, for example, the gold medal comes out. Just <laughs> yeah. The those those, those days are They're like, uh, how old is that? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you get that on eBay? Yeah, okay, so Doug Barone is our number three. Number two, Pat Shermer at the New York Giants. I think his time has come as well. It's partly, I think he is the victim of that media market in particular. A really... Uh, underwhelming season I, I don't think that surprised many people we joke about the fact I thought the Giants might be <laughs> asleep at least to be more competitive and I think that there are a number of reasons why there haven't been not least Saquon Barkley has been a shadow of the player he was last year and that's the thing
1: everybody you, you, he is a phenomenal talent right but I don't think he's had the opportunity this year to really showcase you know his, his skills that he was able to last year and and the problem he'll be banged
0: up, maybe, and yeah. also because he is the focal point of that offense. And then, really it's So one-dimensional. Odell the, uh,
1: Welcome's gone, so that 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 kind of threat's gone. So then it just goes onto him, and yep. everybody knows where it's going, basically. Yep. And that's that's part of the problem. And now you have got a young quarterback that's come in. Eli Manning's still hanging around, right, exactly. You know, and it's the same sort of thing at the Jets. You're talking about yeah. the coaches. You've got that. You know, you've got a, a quarterback who's playing number two now, sitting on the side who's won two Super Bowl rings, polishing
0: those as well. Yeah, exactly. And that must be really difficult. Uh, I think and- with Jones's start as well, Mark. So I think because he started so well, everyone got a little bit carried away in the New York media market. Oh, he's the future. He's now. And actually, like any rookie quarterback, so it's not a knock on him. No, his first season is peaks and troughs and indifference
1: and that's what happens everybody kind of jumps on the bandwagon this is the next superstar and then all of a sudden a couple of bad games and confidence is a big thing when you're a young athlete because you're trying to make your mark you're trying to establish yourself and the way you do that is by being consistent and confident with your ability once things start to go bad it's a really tough position i think to get yourself out of because you're looking around for someone to help you and people looking at you to be the leader And who do you go to? And I think as a young quarterback, that's probably really tough being in that environment, especially in New York, you know, where the media is going to be on
0: top of you 24 seven. Is an attractive gig though. You know, the Giants, there are going to be uh, some interesting names in the mix, including the number one on our list right now who is surely a lock to go, unless somehow... I mean, uh, the only exception here, I think, is if they make it to the Super Bowl, which, based on what we saw last <laughs> night, is not going to happen, although they are still, improbably, in the playoff hunt. The Dallas Cowboys and Jason Garrett. You look at the comments that Jerry Jones, increasingly now, has been making in terms of severity. So earlier on in the week, yeah, I'm sure Jason Garrett's going to be coaching in the NFL next season. <laughs> talking about. Okay, I think we're pretty clear that he's gone, but I suppose he can save his gig. If the Cowboys, which they're not going to do, but if they did,
1: I think you, it's going to be really interesting there because you've got obviously they're still top of the division, which is a, a terrible division. It shouldn't have been in a place of Worst making in football. It's, oh, it's appalling, isn't it? You know, <laughs> if, if you can go, you know, they're six and seven now and they're, they're leading the division. That is pretty poor. And also with the talent they've got, yeah. where they are, and it's really interesting when you talk to or you listen to the Cowboys fans, they don't even want him as head coach. Yeah, sure, uh, they'd rather not make the playoffs to get rid of him yep. to start, and that's. Not a good environment to be in. And also, he's been there quite a long time. I think they've had their window as well, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a while before they get back. You know, probably two seasons ago, they were flying high. It looked really like, exciting for them. And I think they're another team that has actually lost their window.
0: Jerry Jones, I guess, would beg to differ. And he made a comment, uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, he made a comment after the game last night against the Bears that, you know, tired of losing and there's no doubt that the, the players are there. So again, it's kind of joining the dots here and, and, and you look at their talent on well, yeah. both sides of the mm-hmm. ball, right? But you know, you, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, got Gallup your, you've up. You've got
1: your trio there and once you've got those three weapons like that, normally that's a good starting point for your team
0: to yeah. buy into. And yeah. In that, as you say, in that division, which is so vanilla compared to virtually every other division in the NFL, compared to the West, right? It's a diametric is, opposite.
1: But it's amazing how it, you know, it goes up peaks and troughs, isn't it? Right. Like one year, that could be a really tough division and it swings to the other. Like the West is obviously back up there now. You've got three teams that could potentially make it. Mm. Um You know, whether Rams can actually Turn over the Seahawks this weekend, we'll probably yeah. get into that later, but that'd be quite interesting. But I do think that, you know, he's, he's had his time at the Cowboys. If they do make the playoffs, they are going to get absolutely pumped. Mm. Like there's no way they're going to go anywhere.
0: That's just, quite, but whoever doesn't win the NFC West, that's quite a... a yeah, they're going to go sell and destroy yeah, them, basically. Because the fifth seed yeah. will play, yeah. uh, you know, because they'll be the, the fourth seed of course, the, the, if they, if whoever wins the East yeah. will be the fourth uh-huh. seed, right? That's a pretty, that's a pretty tasty wild card. But that could be a division where you
1: see two coaches get fired. Yeah. And that could be quite an interesting one. Right. You know,
0: and Jason Garrett could end up in New York, of course. There's some rumblings of that. that, But it's always interesting. I always find this like
1: musical chairs of coaches really interesting. And it's in every sport. You see them, they fail. I know it can be the environment. It can be the owner. It can be so many different factors, but then they're going to get a job somewhere else. Mm. And you know, the pattern of the way that individual works. And sometimes I think, you know, is that panic station we need someone in? And I think this is where the Panthers have probably done a good thing. They've got time to evaluate who they're going to bring in rather than get to the end of the season and be a massive panic for a new head coach.
0: All right, big man, let's get to our Week 14 preview. I'm looking forward to this because you've been dropping some smack talk already. We've got to start with the game of the weekend. And there are, you know, it's a cracking lineup. Mm -hmm. There are three games that could quite conceivably in any other week live up to that, billing. We'll get into those in a minute, but we've got to start with 49ers Saints. It is the game of the weekend. It's one of the games of the season not least because it could be instrumental in determining the top two seeds in the NFC, right? And home field advantage ultimately as well. It's in New Orleans. The 49ers, as you say, came through a bruising encounter with the Ravens with their heads held high. And it's one of those defeats that they will walk away from. Obviously disappointed they didn't win it, but ultimately not too disappointed with everything else about the performance. And the Saints, same record, have... By and large, been absolutely fine. They weathered the Drew Brees injury. Teddy stepped in and did his thing. They've had a couple of anomalies. The Falcons game in particular was like a fever dream. I don't know what what happened there. Really close one to call, but you, Mark Hunter, think it's gonna be one sided. Yep. Tell me more. You know, if you
1: look at the Niners defense this year, it's been phenomenal. Right. You know, forty five sacks this year. Uh Nick Bosa. Like, he is a weapon. Is that how you have to say his name? Well, yeah, just because he's got a master reverence. Because he's just massive, isn't he? Like, <laughs> you know, he is, you know, when we took him in the first round, you're like, I wonder what this guy's going to live up to because obviously he didn't play last year. And sure. it was like, what's going to happen? He's phenomenal. Within minutes, you're like, oh, uh, we're fine. So, okay. yeah. 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 And the thing is, what we've been able to do now, you've got Bunker, you've got four, you, you've got all these key components there that can actually get out the quarterback while we were struggling last year. Yeah. And I just think, that defensive front line is going to be so powerful. And I think Breeze is going to struggle and Kamara is going to struggle to get through. He's going to have to go wide to get around them. And mm. obviously once you do that, the troops are going to be there. So it's going to be really interesting. Also, you know, the Niners haven't, you know, you think, I think it's about 183 points we've allowed this year. Mm. You know, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game from the Saints. Mm. I just hope Jimmy G and the, the offense can live up to what they did last weekend and keep progressing. And he doesn't get
0: flustered like he did against the Seahawks. I guess when we mention that Atlanta game, that is what the, the kind of game plan that the 49ers are going to be hoping yeah. for is to absolutely disrupt the line in, mm-hmm. in the same kind of way. But offensively, that's what I want to talk to you about more on the 49ers side. So the return of Kittle, so instrumental, not just in terms of his productivity. Blocking. But, the, but yeah, yeah. how he helps the run game, right? Uh, it's a brilliant all-round player. And look, when you're losing an elite player, whatever team you are, that is going to be... Uh, an issue, but I think in particular with this offense and Kittle's role in so many different ways in the offense, it's fundamental for them to chime. So great that he is back in business. Where are you on Garoppolo? Because talking to 49ers fans, there seems to be two schools of thought. One group, increasingly vocal and, and, and sizable group saying, yeah, Garoppolo is the guy. We're, we're, he's still relatively young. I've got no concerns with him in this particular incarnation of the 49s with such a great defense and weapons around him that he's good enough with the water margin to get us to the Super Bowl. There's another crew that is saying, mm, I, I'm not sure that he is, he's got the composure. He's got the, uh, the all round collective smarts and ability. Fine. Roll us to a 14 and two record in the regular season. But when we're in a championship game, against the Packers, against the Saints, maybe the Vikings as well, is Garoppolo the guy that, two-minute drill, can take us to the promised land?
1: I think we won't know that until we see it. That's when we're, we're kind of surmising what could or couldn't happen with him. Um, I, I do think he's good enough to lead us. I've seen enough, not consistently, yeah but I've seen enough that makes me think, yeah, this guy can do it when it matters. Uh, the, the only time I think I've seen him this year where he looked a bit flustered was when we played the Seahawks. Mm. And I was like, well, that, that's a game when you need to be on your metal because the rivalry, you know, is an important game. The
0: line, your line was quite banged up in that game, wasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, quite banged up. And the only reason we really lost that is because our offense didn't deliver. Right. You know, the, the Seahawks weren't that great offensively themselves, but we gave them such good field position. Mm. The magician, Russell Wilson, didn't have to do much to
0: kind of, you know, get the points they needed. So well, that is, the, I mean, he's a great comparison and ultimately an unfair one. You know, when you compare Garoppolo, you compare Cousins to Russell Wilson, there's you know, no contest. The only other quarterback... Well, the only other two quarterbacks I say the NFC, obviously Brees, but there's questions of decline. We'll get into that in a minute. And Rogers, of course, as well. But you can't, it's not reasonable, I think, to compare quarterbacks at the level of Garoppolo and Cousins with Wilson and say, well, we're yeah. going to win the championship game because we have Wilson. But it's the question of whether there's enough else around it, around Garoppolo and in totality, given the fact you're holding Teamster 17, 21, 14 points, that there is enough to get you not to the playoffs, but the deep run in the playoffs.
1: I th- I think he is that he is that quarterback that can do it, and not, and not just because of his um, capabilities, but also with the mastermind of Carl Shanahan behind him, mm. he will allow him to be played better than he is. Um, just with the mastermind of plays that he can kind of summon up, it's you know you every week you're looking for what's he going to come up with this week, yeah. and that's why I enjoy watching them because he's such a mastermind of the way that he plays the game, and it's quite exciting. Um, obviously. No, Jimmy G is not like Russell Wilson. It's a completely different type of quarterback. And without Wilson, the Seahawks would be nothing compared to what they are, and everybody knows that. It's it's not a difficult one to realize. But I think with the weapons that Jimmy G's got around him, you know, and you watched Morstead last weekend. Yeah, you know, I think that's the thing that they're playing to whoever is whoever is hot at that. Point of time,
0: yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a sign it. of a really charming offense. That you can and get I think play. that's that's
1: really important. There's
0: no egos there. Right, like, I, it needs to be me out there yeah. doing this. It's it's the, it's the Belichickian McDaniel's Patriots thing. It's a player just appears out of nowhere. They picked up off, you know, at yeah. the practice squad or you know, free agency just off the sidewalk, and you have planned ago, for that. Suddenly runs for 150 yards. Yeah. And that's the you you plan that. the same. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, who's this guy come out of nowhere? and, and they're and they're rolling. What about the Sherman Michael Thomas matchup? That's going to be pretty key, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think that's one where everybody's looking forward to. That Michael Thomas is phenomenal, basically. He's, he's brilliant. You know, you watch him and it's, it's impossible to, to kind of...
0: Best receiver in the league, do you think? Yeah,
1: yeah At yeah, the moment? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think he is. Yeah. Um, and there are some great, obviously, receivers, you know, I lo- love watching, uh, Hopkins and like, but I do think Thomas with his size and power is pretty phenomenal. And I think Sherman, that, that, that battle this weekend is going to be re- really exciting. And, you know, Sherman's played well. He hasn't, Put really a foot wrong. He made a couple of bad mistakes a couple of weeks ago with lots of penalties with pass interference. But other than that, he's kind of squeaky clean. And he is that leader that's enabled those young guys to just elevate themselves very early on in the career. It's
0: such an important... There's a real balance there, isn't there, in the locker room of that type of experience and you coming through as well. Here's one that I'm trying to dent your confidence a little bit. The Saints haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher, or 100-plus, you know in 34 straight games. Well, that's so the a, longest active streak in the NFL. Well, that run's about to end, isn't it? <laughs> so how big a victory are we talking here? Uh, it's in New Orleans. I'll so just remind yeah, you. Yeah, it's, in, it's, <laughs> new, it's in oh, New Orleans.
1: The, the Saints haven't beaten a, a team over 500 since week three. So, you know, they've had a really nice run. Okay, yeah. They lost to yeah. the Falcons, which they shouldn't have. If we catch them on a game like that... yeah
0: we just we will steamroll up. Do you think Breeze is regressing? Because a lot of talk of a number of quarterbacks of, of that generation, obviously Eli is done now, Rothesburg is out for the season, Rivers, people are saying might have finally well, come to the end of the road. Of course, inevitably everyone's gone on about Brady, the same thing. What about Breeze? Well, I think what you have is you get to a certain age as an athlete, your
1: bounce ability to come back it just takes longer. Yeah. You know, your wear and tear, recovery, all those things. You know, and and those guys, they won't perform every week. Mm. They'll get up for the big game, and I think you're going to see that with Brady against the Chiefs this weekend. And maybe this is the weekend that Breeze really steps up because Put himself back into
0: a, <laughs> into
1: a Saints. <laughs> week. But, but it, de- it depends how early on, and this is be really interesting because obviously the Fortniners had a tough game last last weekend, right? Whether they play like they did the week after they played the, the Seahawks, where they came out in the first quarter and it was like, whoa, this is yeah. a different team, and yeah. then they got going. Yeah. If the Saints can get off to an early start sure. and put them under pressure like that. That would be an interesting dynamic. If the 49ers can keep them under wraps, re- kind of recovering from the game they just had, then we will literally just steamroll. Uh,
0: this is what I think will happen, the former, unfortunately. I think the Saints are going to come out of the blocks tearing, and I think it is going to be not an unassailable lead. I don't think equal, I don't think, I think think it's a close game, so I don't think the Saints cakewalk it either. But I think the Saints are going to do just enough. So I'm picking the Saints. You're obviously picking the 49ers. Well, no. Are you going to be wearing the jumper while you're watching? Yes, I will be, yeah. You're a good man. Definitely this weekend. <laughs> Alright, next up, well, let's go Chiefs Patriots, which is, like I said before, a game that in pretty much in any other week would be the game of the weekend. A- significant, once again, of course, in terms of the, the playoff race. Perhaps not as we maybe expected at the start of the season, the Chiefs 8-4. and four. Um, and there are reasons, I think, for that record, not least, of course, by Holmes' injuries. Uh, the Patriots 10 and 2, they had one of the easiest schedules in, in the NFL. And this is the, one of the criticisms being applied to New England at the moment is that we don't really know how good they are because they haven't played many teams that are good. And when they have, they haven't played particularly well. Uh, and of course the same old criticisms coming up once again, Mark. We, uh, we saw this last season around this time of the season last season where after the Miami game and the Steelers game, the Patriots are being written off once again after their start to the season as well. This is not, this is the year that it's all, falling off the tracks they're saying the same thing again about New England is this set up for a textbook Belichick sucker punch just to say all right quieten up now particularly because this Chiefs defense is so fallible yes it is I think this is
1: you know we haven't really seen Brady do much this year because he hasn't had to really defense is taking care of games for them pretty much and I think the defense. It hasn't good.
0: mattered that he hasn't exactly. Been able yeah, to do
1: he money. hasn't had to, and that comes back to him being older. He doesn't need to play lighter every week. But this is another big game, and this is the, the time that the Joke and Brady will be sitting across the table from each other, master planning how they're yeah. going to take the Chiefs down. And I, I do think they will light it up this weekend. And if they don't, then I would say there is a worry if they can't do it this weekend because this is the big game because the Bills are at the heels now. Yeah. They really need to keep home field advantage if they're going to keep on this run and go back to the Super Bowl again. I think if the Patriots end up going away from home, then that's that I don't think they'll be able to achieve that in the playoffs, but I do think this is the game that will really determine whether it is, you know, the, the era has come to an end.
0: That's why I look at this one. Yeah. I, I guess particularly how they play. In other words, if it's uh, like the shootout they had last season and the Patriots are on the wrong side of it this time, I don't, I think quite the opposite. I think if, if the offense can really kick start in this game, even if they lose it, in, in, in a strange way that will quieten down the skeptics With even within the New England fan base as well, of which there are, you know, quite a few, you know, fans that are vocally concerned about how the offense is misfiring. And the stats, you've got to look at those and, and pay some attention to them, right? So Brady has uh, has a passer rating lower than 100 in seven consecutive games. He's never had a streak like that in his career. I guess the flip side of this, and, and we see this Literally see it when Brady is shaking his head because the, it's been mistimed by his receiver or things just aren't gelling. We've seen it for years with Brady and his mistrust of receivers that aren't completely on point with what they're trying to do. But of course, you know, it sets, sets the highest standards of pretty much any player ever, right? But we're seeing it right now with this receiving call because Inkil Harry is still young and brand new to this offense. Mosano is brand new to this offense. I mentioned it on the Monday show, uh, I think with Brady, but Greg Brady, that is. But if those two start to chime and get in in rhythm, it's a completely different offense.
1: And I think that that's what I'm looking for this weekend, personally, when I watch this game, whether those connections start to actually shape up and take place. Yeah. And if they can, that changes the dynamic of this offense completely. Um, You know, Edelman will be the go-to guy all the time, the, the safety net. But if the other two can start to deliver what you know, obviously they believe they're capable of, then that changes the dynamic of this offense. But I do think the run game for the Patriots this weekend is going to be the thing that steamrolls over the Chiefs. And I think that if they set that up, then that'll give them the time, the patience to be able to pick off the receivers they want. And then I think that's when this could end up being the Patriots, you know, kind of rolling over the Chiefs.
0: I I couldn't agree more. I think that is where, I think the Patriots will win this game. And I think that's where they'll win. I think they established the grand game. And I think... That is more than plausible to imagine, given the fact that it's playing relatively well anyway and against a Chiefs run D that is fallible. And, and I think with that, with that established, that is where Brady can have that time and that expansive approach to be able to make, not force the issue, to be able to, to call the right shots when he needs to and just fill this offense with a bit of confidence and pick. Chiefs apart and that's what he does, you know, and that's why,
1: you know, you do watch him. You have to, you know, the, the, the stuff he's been able to do and the way that he can turn around from the first the first half of the game to the second half and literally he's summed up the defense and what they're doing and then literally just pick people apart and that's what I think he'll do this weekend and also, you know, the Chiefs don't really have a, uh, their have run games from pretty spotty themselves, it hasn't been consistent and I think this defense will get at that. And then that makes Mahomes go to the air. And that's when I think the defense will love that, you know, opportunity to try and get off some picks this weekend.
0: Yeah. You look at it, what ranked 24th, the, the Chiefs uh, rushing offense as well. What about Mahomes against this brilliant New England secondary? How do you see that going down?
1: Well, Mahomes is, I hate to say it, is a phenomenal talent. Is obviously, we all know that. Um, but I think when you've got a mastermind of Bilicek and, you know, the defense of the Patriots, When it comes to a game like this, they probably thrive of having a young quarterback, you know, and trying to, you know, sum them up and take them down. And I think it's going to be an interesting battle this weekend when he does go to the air, whether it's successful
0: or not. He likes playing against New England. I know you've got to take all of these historical records with a pinch of salt because to a stronger or lesser degree, it's different teams out there. But Mahomes uh, has passed for 647 yards in two games against New England. So that's over 300 yards a game. Love the speed of my maths there. Seven touchdowns, two picks. His passer rating 113.2. Now, that had that ridiculous shootout last season that that (laughs) I think uh, perhaps has accentuated those stats a little bit. But one of the things I think that was really apparent when knew Mahomes was going to be a great quarterback and just a very good quarterback was the fact he wasn't phased at all by the task in front of him. And there is that to be said again here, that even if the Patriots do take control of the game early on, Mahomes isn't going to capitulate and crumble. It's quite the opposite, he'll just come out swinging. I think.
1: Yeah, and no, I think that's definitely going to happen. I think he doesn't get flustered by things not going to plan or making mistakes and that sort of thing. But he hasn't been injured before in a season, mm. so I think that may have a different dynamic to his game going into this weekend. That you know he hasn't had a clear run, been healthy. Yeah. And you know, little niggles, getting hit, sort of things, and I'm sure the Patriots want to get at him. Because the more they can bang him up basically, right. the more d- challenging and, and the more. And contain him as well. I mean, that's. Contain him and also then if you start getting banged up, you know, those internal questions, dialogue of yourself, oh, that's a bit sore, what, you know. And that, that could take place where he's, he's had a really clear run health wise up until this season. So you're
0: picking the Patriots, I'm guessing.
1: I, I, I just think, yeah, this is the game. I think the Patriots will, you know, will turn them over. And I think it'd be, it'd be the defense. And then the run game
0: that will allow Brady to open them up. So at the time of recording this, Mark, on a, on a Friday, Patriots still don't have a kicker for Sunday. I mean, I presume they'll get, <laughs> we'll well, get that sorted. You'd, you'd hope they will, but maybe Brady will just turn up and do that. <laughs>
1: you <can> do anything. <laughs> kicking.
0: That would be amazing. Matty Slater will probably kick the 44-yard winning field goal. Uh So, yeah, well, uh, I'm picking Patriots too. I think it is it's one of those games I would not be surprised if we were sitting here WhatsApping each other at around midnight on Sunday after a 34 to six chiefs blowout. So I I could, I don't feel wholly confident about it, but I think got to pick the game for the arguments we put forward. I think I'm more inclined to think the Patriots get a, get a win, a statement win that they need to shut the haters up a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I I think, it's really important they they take control early on, like we saw with the Raiders yes. last weekend. If the Chiefs get out, yeah, they start dominating. That's them. it. You're not going to yeah. catch them. That's no just doubt. the way they play. But no if doubt. you can contain them in the first half, then you know it's game on. Basically, really good point. Really
0: good point. All right, next up, some cracking games. As I say, let's move on to the Ravens Bills, and you think that this could be an upset?
1: I think this is game of the week. I really do. Like you've had the Ravens played the toughest game of the season against the Niners last week. You know, that was a real gut buster for both teams. They haven't had a game like that this season. They haven't really had to go toe-to-toe with someone and then get out of the trenches and then win in the last couple of seconds, that sort of thing. Um The Bills obviously played on Thanksgiving. They right. steamrolled the Cowboys, right. which is, you know, they didn't get off to a great start, but when they got rolling, it was really impressive. Um And so I just the think... extra rest. Extra rest, you know, being at home. I just think... We'll learn more about the Ravens this weekend. I really do. I think this is when we really understand how good they are and can they play those two big games back-to-back
0: weekends. It's in Buffalo, uh, of course, and we know how improved this Buffalo defense has been. And they've been strong for a lot of the season, but getting stronger and stronger. And they're really well coached side. I mean, across the board. Josh Allen, understandably, is the quarterback. is the focal point, And he's still... An enigmatic figure, I think, in terms of starting quarterbacks at all in the NFL, let alone starting quarterbacks for contending teams. There is no doubt he's an unbelievable athlete and what he's able to do on the ground, one of the best rushing quarterbacks we've probably ever seen in the NFL and, and can, can absolutely deliver on that. Is there enough balance in his game?
1: I think that's going to be the big question on the weekend, isn't it? Can he... Overcome this Ravens defense, which is, you know, it's pretty impressive what they've done this season and where they are. Um, I just, it's one of those games that to me, that's why it's game of the week because it is, it's so unknown what could come of this big matchup. And I do think Josh Allen, what I saw against the Cowboys, I thought the Cowboys aren't great, but it made me think, yeah, this guy's legit.
0: This is it, isn't it? You, yeah. He looks strong there, but you got to put the asterisks against the Cowboys. Different, Thing altogether in this game but this is exactly the kind of matchup as you say that you've got so much riding on it so much attention on it and Buffalo let's face it are not a fashionable franchise they often do not get this kind of focus even though there they are one of the top seeds in the AFC at the moment I was really talking about them and, and that's interesting this game if they win this game it totally flips the seedings
1: right you know like it did last weekend when the Niners lost they've gone down from first to fit like yeah. and that's, that's the exciting part of this season isn't it you know you're you're thinking about okay your team's going to have home field advantage One slip and boom, you know, oh, okay. That's kind of come to an end now sort of thing. So, But I just think the extra rest, you know, the way the Bills are playing, the defense is really exciting to watch. You know, it's a defense you really enjoy watching. And I just think this could be the game where they, if they can contain Lamar Jackson and he doesn't get his 100 yards this weekend, it'd be interesting to see how the the Ravens overcome him.
0: Yeah, it gets stopped, keeping keep in check, of course. What about Ingram and the rest of the ground game as well? How do you see that Buffalo D, which is what, as we said, one of the certainly top five defenses in the NFL right now. How do you see that matchup going? It's, I think that's what's high. They've got so
1: many weapons with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is your He's like a tank, isn't he? You know, you can't stop him, basically. Once he gets it going, he's not going to come down too easily. Um, and I think that's what they played really well last weekend weekend against the Niners, the mm. way those two were really on the same page throughout the game. They really kind of dominated it every time they got the ball in their hands. But
0: some of the Bills, D, one of them, and I, I can't remember who, so apologies, was saying they were watching the way the Niners, D, were playing the Ravens, and they thought, great, that's that gives us confidence. The way that they, relatively speaking, c- contained the Ravens, The Bills felt confident about watching that blueprint because there are so many similarities.
1: Exactly, and that's that's a benefit of playing the week after, isn't it? You've seen a good defense play against them and really held them. They only scored twenty points, which you know they got three points in the second half. As a blueprint to follow, they've got that. But I think if they can somehow take Jackson out of the game, so he can't be as versatile and get outside, then I think he goes to the air, and that's when the Bills, I think, will. They might get a couple of picks this weekend.
0: Yeah, looking at the stats, you got Ingram's pushing a thousand yards now, Gus Edwards pushing five hundred, obviously Jackson over a thousand. I mean, uh, it keeping them in check. It's completely impossible. Keeping them yeah. in check enough to force Lamar Jackson, going back to a point earlier on about you know establishing the run so they can dominating things there, Lamar Jackson is it, it's a field day. If it yeah. isn't that Clear cut, established, and Lamar Jackson has to look, and Roman have to they have to look at alternatives up against this Bills D and that Bills secondary. I think then it becomes a very different game.
1: And I think that that's exciting part of this is if they can contain him so he can't do any running, basically, because once you know once they get that going, it really opens up the field for him. And there was a lot of opportunities last weekend, which you don't want to see the Bills allow him this weekend, where he had time in the pocket. And he had lots of time. It was like, this is ridiculous. Someone get at him. If they can contain that and stop that, then you, you know, he is very good at what he does. But The problem is the way that he runs, he's going to get hurt at some point. You can see that. You know, big, big and that's thing. the problem because everything's so centralized around him. Yeah. If he goes down, you can just see that season just disappearing very quickly.
0: Lamar Jackson, incidentally, has more offensive touchdowns than 21 NFL teams, <laughs> including the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's, you know, and, and John, he keeps
1: talking about that. This is his man. That this is it. Yeah. You know, this is he is a centralised piece of the puzzle to the whole thing, mm-hmm. which is great. But if that person goes down, you know,
0: it's actually quite worrying. <laughs> I love the Bills as a team. I really do. I love uh, when I was talking a few years back of the Bills maybe being one of those teams that relocated. I uh, Hated that idea. They are uh, such a hardcore football fan base. A huge amount of affection for the franchise. Jim Kelly, one of my favorite players of all time, of course, in the association there.
1: Well, I think they're, they're everybody's kind of second team. Yeah. You know, you yeah kind you of, got, if you watched in that era when they went to four Super
0: Bowls exactly. and lost, yeah, yeah.
1: you just felt so sorry for them. It was like, Oh my God, this is like horrific. Yeah. You know? Maybe
0: it is a generational thing that, yeah, that is exactly why. A huge but and also of seeing them come back and what they're doing is, it's actually, it's exciting to see. And they've got know? a great young head coach. The yeah. fact they're unfashionable that they're not getting all this media attention. The, all of these reasons make me want, want them to win.
1: They're business. quietly going about their business.
0: They are. They are. And
1: imagine if they end up being the number one C. Go Bills. I, I would, <laughs> nothing would make me happier.
0: But I don't think they beat the Ravens this weekend. I think Baltimore roll. I, I, you know, I think they will put up a fight, Buffalo. But I think that this Baltimore D will keep Josh Allen in check enough. I think their rush D, the Baltimore rush D is decent. We haven't even talked to R- about how good that is. And I, again, I don't think they're going to totally contain Josh Allen, but I think they'll do enough to put him on the back foot. I think the game plan that the Bills need to apply defensively to the Ravens, I think the Ravens' want will apply it more effectively mm. against the Bills' office, and that's why I think they win.
1: It comes down to that first half. You know, look, if the Bills right. can get in front at right. home, that changes the dynamic of the game. Yep. If the Ravens get off to a fast start... 10
0: 40 nothing up, yep. bye-bye. Then it's
1: going to be very hard yep. to come back.
0: To. We're picking Bills for the upset.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it can be the Bills this weekend. I like it. I've, I've just got this feeling that there's something going on there and, you know, they're on a roll and I just, I just this is, this is, this is their weekend. It's a
0: much braver pick than mine, but I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking the Ravens on the road, but I'm looking forward to it. I can't pick any of those three games really. I, you know, each of them I would happily sit, uh, and watch, uh, as I would Seahawks Rams as well, which has suddenly become super exciting. I mean, what a weekend. So the Rams off the back of that shellacking of the Cardinals when they needed it. I mean, if they, if that, if they lost that game or even if they just eked out a win, I think this would be a very different proposition. But now there's a huge amount of buzz about the Rams. Again, the playoff race is looking super tough because they're in the West. They're damned by being in the West. They've got to get a wild card. And that is a very tall order in the NFC. If they're going to get a wild card, they've got to win this game. Uh, it's in LA, of course, Uh make what you will of that home field advantage, certainly a lesser home field advantage than many others. Certainly if this was a reverse fixture than uh, playing in front of the 12th man in Seattle. So have they turned the corner in your mind, the Rams have the Todd Gurley starting to move over a hundred scrimmage yards again. Uh, are they getting it together at just the right time? You were chatting, we were chatting before we came into the studio mm. about, about timing your run in, in the NFL and, and Maybe the Rams, that's what they're doing after a hot and cold two-thirds of the season. Maybe that win against the Cardinals, everything started to gel much like it looked like last season.
1: It's going to be tough because the Cardinals, you know, aren't a great team right now. You know, so they steamrolled them and that's great. This a lot of week, people
0: thought the Cardinals might upset them. Though, I mean, I take your point. They're not yeah. a contender, but they're a dangerous side. They're a they dangerous side. Away.
1: Yeah, but I you just—it looked like the just two different tiers or league of team playing yeah. last weekend. Yeah, the, the Cardinals have had some good games this season, but it's not been consistent enough. And the, the, the Rams been
0: carried away about the Cardinals, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And
1: the Rams just got—you know—they got off to a good start and then they just steamrolled them. Yeah. Um, I think Todd Gurley is so important in this game. Yeah. Like. We talk about the importance of him when he gets 100 yards. I think they're four and one when he goes over 100 yards. That is crucial to them turning over the Seahawks. Crucial. If he doesn't turn up, which he hasn't done most of the season, to be honest, he's not been great this year. If he doesn't turn up, they're going to find it really tough this weekend. And the the Seahawks, you know, have won five in a row. They're on a roll. They're winning games by small margins. That has to come to an end at some point. You know, you can't go the whole season. Then I just can't see that happening. Um, but I think, and it also, if the Rams want to keep their playoff hopes alive, as you mentioned, they need to win this one. Otherwise, if they go to seven and six this weekend, you pretty much would say this season's probably done. So this is really crucial because then they awesome still intent. got to play the 49ers as well. Yeah, so right. they've got two tough games, divisional games that they need to win. Um, I think this is the one they could win, but the problem is you've got Russell Wilson on the other side. And that's the problem. But the Rams always do play well against the Seahawks. So that's going to be an interesting one as well. And they are at home, as you mentioned. Um, I'm going to, go- I really want to go to the Rams on this one. you take taking the Rams. I home? really want to go to the Rams. My guts saying the Seahawks are going to win this, but for uh, the division uh, seedings,
0: obviously I want the Rams to win. <laughs> There's been a lot of money in, Vegas, they say a lot of money put on the Rams during the course of the week. So it went, the line has dropped quite significantly from, I think it was three, two and a half points to, to a pick There's a lot of sharp money, as I say, coming in on the Rams, which is always interesting. Now, whether you read that as the, the line is what the, the the professional gamblers are, are looking at versus the out and out money line win is one thing, but it's certainly a lot closer than this. This would have been a week ago, right? If, if, if we'd been looking at this game ahead of the Cardinals game,
1: yeah, you'd be done. You wouldn't even you wouldn't be talking about it as, a, as a game to watch out for the week, would you? It would be done. But after them winning last weekend, they're trying to creep back into contention to go to the playoffs. This is a do or die. You know, this is it. If they don't win this weekend, it's done. It's over.
0: With the Seahawks, many people are making a big point about the narrowness of their victories and saying, actually, when you look at it, it's a little bit like. Statistically, when you see teams that have a disproportionately high number of turnovers and, and a reliance on that, that in the end, things level out. And the point being that the Seahawks are perhaps not as good as their record suggests for that reason, that a lot of the games they've been in have been super close. And as we know, the NFL fine margins could go, could have gone the other way uh, and the performance of Russell Wilson, which you alluded to earlier, which is, obviously exceptional, but to the degree that he can paper over cracks almost single-handedly, literally from play to play, he can plays that are breaking down, he can revive with his improvisation and his mobility and his all round gaming. But also during the course of a game that an offense might not be in any kind of particular groove, but you just can't stop Russell Wilson making plays. And people are saying those two reasons in particular are... Why they're not buying the Seahawks as legitimate contenders?
1: Because, I gather because he is a magician. I just class him as a magician. He, you can never counterplay done until the balls actually hit the floor, literally. Yeah. You know, until it's dead, yeah. you know, he'll always conjure up something yeah. to get them out of a hole. Um, and there's only so many games in the season, surely you can carry a can team like that. that and yeah, and get it gets a it.
0: really strong defense, which yeah. the Rams aren't really, you know, uh, they certainly have the playmakers on it, but maybe not at that elite level. So he might roll that out again. I am with you. I think the Rams get the win. I think it is not inconceivable that they could put a run together and sneak in the back door of, of the playoffs. But I certainly think that win last week has given offensively them confidence. If they can, if Gurley and big question about whether this is down to him in his productivity diminishing because of injury, because of wear and tear or whether it has been. In terms of scheming and the way that they've been using the problems on the offensive line, which we've we've talked a lot about on the show, we'll we'll find out a lot more in the next couple of weeks on that front.
1: I think, and that's what he, he is so critical to them winning this game. Like if he's on song, you know he can make these things.
0: Girl, like. he hits hundred yards plus, the Rams win. I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to the Titans Raiders next. Titans, you were telling me, Mark Hunter, before we came in studio, the Titans are your sneaky momentum pick for a decent playoff run.
1: Yeah, you talk about, you know, um being hot at the right time. This looks like a team that's coming hot at the right time. Harry, the, the producer,
0: always hot at the right time, just <laughs> want to
1: point out. He's just holding his coffee. That's why his hand's hot. Ah,
0: that's, what it, that's what it is. <laughs> put the radiator on. Give it the new, it was warm in the studio.
1: But yeah, and that's what you want, isn't it? Like, if you've, if you take the Ravens, their run's been going for a long time now, it's hard to stay that consistent for right. that long. So right. that comes to an end at some point. Yeah, uh, With the Titans... You know, Ryan Tatty's come in, and what he's done with Derek Henry, like it, it's just been brilliant to watch. And I, I think they are a very dangerous team right now. Henry is terrifying. I mean, yeah.
0: De- if you were a defense trying to stop Derek Henry, I don't, I don't care how good your personnel is, how how much of a wilier dog you have as your coordinator, Derek Henry right now is almost oh, unstoppable.
1: You'd want him in your team. That's the running back you want in your team. You meet
0: the Titans in the playoffs, Mark. Well, really don't. Yeah. You?
1: <laughs> but I think also with the Titans that they've got a couple of big weeks coming up. Got to play the Texans twice. Yeah. So they could go from being number two to number one yep. in their division, which would be you know.
0: Are they out of the Texans and the Colts? Are they the team you think are most likely to win the South?
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think they're coming hot at the right time. I know the Texans had a good wins against the Patriots, which was great. But I'm just not. I don't know. The Titans just seem like the team that's getting hot at the right moment in time to go on this run into
0: the playoffs. Tannehill, 100 plus passer rating in five of his six starts this season. He's turned around this offense and Derek Henry leading the NFL in rushing yards after contact, according to Pro Football Focus. He's the only running back to average uh, four or more yards after contact per rush this season. Wow. And that's...
1: As a defense, you know that just getting one person to him is not going to be enough. You're going to need the army yeah. love to back you up, boys. <laughs> you going to keep going, and you know. And and as an offense going into a game like you know the Pan the Raiders this week, and they're going to steamroll the Raiders. I think, they- I, 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 yeah. I, I, after watching the Raiders last weekend. That's a top, topsy turvy season, is it? It's not been Big very time, consistent. Man. It's going the wrong
0: way at the moment. Yeah. All right, we've got to route through the others. So, you're, sorry, you're, well, you're picking the Titans there. Titans, I yep. think I am as well. I think I'm picking the Titans as well. Okay, let's route through the other games. Give us your pick and why you think that team is going to win. Starting with the Dolphins at the Jets. Can't wait for this one. <laughs> we've really got to talk about it, that game. We've got to talk about. <laughs> it could be. You know what? The saving grace of this game. I think it could be a bit of a shootout. It could be a shootout. And is this an opportunity for two coaches to try and keep their jobs? (laughs) Flores is okay, I think, because he's not least because there were no expectations. They won three games, right? And particularly last week, I think that cemented it with the win over the Eagles. But also, just the the play of the week. Exactly. Just the fact he's dialing up. We talk about Russell Wilson being a magician. Flores (laughs) is just mixing it up. So at least they're entertaining him with fits. And they're a decent watch. Gates, that is an interesting call you make because... Of course, they said earlier in the season he's fine, he's fine. The vote of confidence, but I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah, it comes back to that media in New York, doesn't it? Right? You know, the Jets—they've had no success for a long, long, long time. And you know, looking across, seeing the Giants—they've had—they're not great themselves now, but they've had some success. Yeah, that's it. And, and they lost to the
0: Bengals. Mark, I mean,
1: my well, God.
0: Well, so that, that, in New York, <sighs> who are you picking? Dolphins for the road win?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Dolphins. Oh, yeah. I'm loving your yeah, start. Yeah. I've just got to, because. Gotta pick my fins. You know, wonder what crazy play we're gonna get this weekend.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bring back the Wildcat. I wanna yeah. see the 2008 season in one game. Just, uh, <laughs> that's what I wanna see. Uh, Colts are, speaking of the AFC South, Colts are the Bucks in intriguing game. The Bucks, again, not mathematically dead, although now, uh, dropping, or that's just what they won last week, didn't they? They beat the Jags, but it's 5-7, yeah. so they're, they're pretty much done. Uh, the Colts are 6-6. Six and six. So right in the mix there, need this win, need it more than the Bucks do, but it's in Tampa Bay and we know the Bucks can lay the smack down and put points up.
1: Yeah, I just always think Winston's going to throw a few picks. That's the problem, isn't it? You he's know, the
0: lead in the league in age uh, so, twenty-five this year.
1: Like yeah. when it comes to going to the air, you're like, oh my god! Like you know, he's going to make mistakes. Mm. So I would go with the Colts on this one, definitely.
0: Not worried about Jacoby Brissett's decline. Nope. Okay. Nope. I think the Colts defense will sort this one out. Colts because, for the road win. Yeah. I'm taking the Bucks. I'm picking the Bucks here, uh, just because I think they out sling them at home. I think Ooh. they. I think it's again another another shootout. Yeah. Um, Redskins at the Packers, surely despite the Redskins <laughs> win last week, in the Panthers. They can't do it again, can they? No.
1: no. <laughs> That's all we need to say about the
0: game. No. But I think this is
1: obviously really important because the Packers have got some big games coming up against the Vikings and Bears. And this is an opportunity, I think, that for the Packers to have some fun
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: this weekend before it really gets
0: serious. Yeah, right. Or just, yeah, get into a 24-point lead and yep, bench done. Aaron Rodgers yep. and rest him up. Uh, okay, Bengals or Browns? Ooh. Ugh. This is
1: another type. This is two coaches who may not be in roles in yeah, the, end of the right. season. Certainly you know, Freddie
0: Kitchens is in this, It's trouble.
1: kind of roles reversed. You know, the Browns yeah. used to be the laughing stock of the league being zero and whatever. Now the Bengals are one and 11. So um after the win last weekend, it's been really interesting because, you know, I've got Adele Beckham in my fantasy team and he's been absolutely it's useless. Well. Yeah. <laughs> like totally useless.
0: The story that came out, NFL.com were reporting it, uh, earlier on this week that Beckham's future isn't, it's far from secure in Cleveland. He gave, it's difficult how you read these, gave, they based it on these ambiguous comments that he made to the press saying, you know, who knows what the future holds, but you hear players say that all the time and that I guess the perceived wisdom is that that means he's definitely looking for a move, but he might have just have been saying, who knows what the future holds, but it's certainly not. Hasn't gone to plan, I think it's fair.
1: No, say. definitely not. And obviously, when they came into the start of the season, they had massive hype plans. You know, the signings, it looked really exciting. You're like, what are they going to do? And yeah. it's been another disappointing
0: season. Baker Mayfield, lowest quarterback rating in the NFL? He's got the biggest ego in the <laughs> NFL. Biggest <laughs> 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 Someone tweeted the other day, uh, So, uh oh, gosh, again, apologies uh, for not around two. If I can dig it out, I will push it out and give props to everyone on social media channels. had a picture of Baker Mayfield at a presser and said... I think this guy might have stolen my car radio, which is just, <laughs> just accentuating the decline of Baker of Mayfield throughout the season. He's is very odd stuff going on in Cleveland, but I think they get the win. I think they yeah, the I most. think the Browns win this weekend. Yeah, I know. That's, and then everyone will say six and seven. They can They're still amazing. make the playoffs. Yeah. They can still do it. My God, if the Browns win the Super Bowl, that will be the best America's game in the history of America. game. Could
1: you imagine if you put a bet on now for them to win it at some
0: point? <sighs> Harry, we got to find out what we've got in the, so uh, the in the money box, and uh, wheel out. <laughs> what are we looking at? Four, and sixpences. four four and sixpences, Harry. All right. Uh, not that we're advocating putting money on the brand. Uh, to be absolutely yeah. crystal clear about that. Uh, Panthers at the Falcons. Ron Rivera, poor Ron Rivera. But you like the the manner in which he left the building.
1: Yeah, and no, I think that was really classy. Watching that, I, I watched some stuff on uh, uh, um, sorry Twitter this <laughs> week, and it was his exit from the building, and it was a real. You know, normally when someone gets fired it's quite quite nasty. You've got
0: twenty minutes to leave then. Yeah, get out, get your box, get your stuff out of the
1: building where he actually acknowledged the staff, the players, he was able to say his farewells and Mm -hmm. thank yous. And I'd never seen anything like that of a coach leaving an organization. Um and he was just saying how grateful he was to work with all these young athletes. He sees so much potential. And I was just like, that was just pure class. Yeah, yeah. And I
0: just, I was really impressed with that. Really impressed with that. Yeah. He's a, he's a class. Yeah. And he'll bounce back into another gig for sure. The Panthers have to move on again. Their season is done. So are the Falcons, So it's kind of a meaningless game in, in that respect. I suppose Dan Quinn is a coach that could have been in our top three that on the hot seat, probably going to go, uh, but a lot will depend over the next couple of weeks. I think there are certain coaches that can save their job if they show enough, their team shows enough over the next few weeks.
1: And that's a kind of rallying, isn't it? You know, yeah. if your team rallies with you, you can pull yourselves out of a big hole. Um, for me, this really depends on Carl Allen this weekend. Mm. Which one turns up? Um, if he turns up and he's, he's on song, like we've seen a few games this year, then I think the Panthers will win this one. And also, sometimes when you have your head coach leave dynamic shifting culture, you know, new lease of life, all those sort of things. You never know what you're going to get this weekend with a, a coach kind of disappearing from the team. So I'd actually go with the Panthers this weekend.
0: Panthers on the road, yeah. I, I yeah. think yeah, uh, They'll do it for, for the skipper, Big as wrong. it were. Yeah, yeah, they will. Charges at Jags, two, four, and eight teams. Hallelujah. Can't wait for this. Yeah, this is going to be one that we probably don't watch on the weekend. <laughs> I think I'm picking the Chargers for the road win. Let's just move on. Yeah, yeah, with definitely. Them, I'll Pontius go with both yeah. sets of fans there. Uh, and I think uh, we, that takes a while. It takes us to Steelers cards. Uh, Steelers right in the playoff mix, of course. Which is, it
1: amazes me that they are because they've quietly gone
0: oh. about and kept
1: themselves in there, even though it's basically the defense holding them together pretty much. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, pretty oh. much.
0: Yeah. And as Carlson was saying on the Wednesday show, Mike Tomlin, even the running for coach of the year.
1: Which is, you know, because I've always looked at the last couple of seasons where they've had all these weapons and they haven't achieved that, you know, is he really as good as they think he is? But I suppose when you go to the flip side of what they've dealt with this year, you see how good he is. And I think he's really kind of, it's been really impressive what they've done with what little... Yeah. That
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. with you know, yeah. Juju, Connor's been injured yeah. as well. Uh, and indeed, Juju didn't practice on Wednesday. Connor did, but was limited. So, keep an eye on both of those two. Uh, I will take the Steelers win on the road. Didn't they need it more? Yeah, m- maybe this is, yeah, if they can, yeah, I- I'd go with you on that one. I'm gonna go with Steelers as well, yeah. Final one Giants at the Eagles. Taken a whole different dimension, of course. With that Cowboys loss, the Eagles suddenly think we're back in it again. at Five and seven, we can win uh eight and eight. Might take the East strikes, but they got to get past their old foes. It's in Philly anyway. The Giants upset the Apple. No chance.
1: The, the Giants, I think they're just they're just trying to cruise in and get it done now. They just want to be they want to get the season over. But I think the Eagles will, you know, will definitely win this
0: one. I agree. I think the Eagles for the win, and that is a clean sweep. Mark, cracking work. A fine debut. Mate, also, I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. And yeah, it was just good to catch up. It is good to catch up. We need to go way into West Ham now. Uh, Mark Hunter will be back. You can count on that and I'll do the outro later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cracking stuff from Mark Hunter. Really, really good to catch up with him. It has been too long. We're back tomorrow, Saturday, that is, with our daily fantasy show. Remember the fantasy paddy power league is fantasy.paddypower.com forward slash league forward slash Nat Coombs show a free to enter tournament lots and lots of cash prizes get involved we're back monday reviewing all the action for the weekend with dicky bandini we'll see you then bye for now Sports social
1: podcast network